Welcome to The Notorious Scoundrels, a Star Wars Legion podcast bringing you the latest news, general perspective, and competitive discussion. Hello and welcome back to The Notorious Scoundrels podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm here with Mike and Tim. What's up, gentlemen? Hey, hey, hey. Yo, yo, yo. Jay is traveling this week, so uh, you got us jabronis and... We're gonna, we might go off the rails a little bit with some competitive stuff, but we'll see. He says, he says we might go off the rails. <laughs> be, 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 be ready for train derailment in T-minus 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah we, actually, right. we were actually tr- like trying to come up. I think it's going to be better if this is more unscripted. We have some topics that we're going to yeah. talk about, but uh, it will be more fun if we go off the rails, I think. So um, before we do that, though, how about we hit some housekeeping? housekeeping? So if you like this podcast or any of our other content at thefifthtrooper.com, which includes uh, Legion 99, the Fifth Trooper podcast, the Fifth Tile. Um, as well the as High that. Ground. The High Ground. Is that is that what your Shatterpoint podcast is? It is. We uh, debuted our first episode last Friday, so go check that out. Apparently, I uh, apparently I'm a little rusty on all this podcasting stuff, and I I said like a lot that episode, and I got I got chastised pretty hard for it. Um, so okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to not do that today. Ch- chastised pretty hard. That's just the internet. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> I'm okay with it, uh, but uh, it's just it's one of those things. The uh, one of the guys like he he like clipped like 30 seconds, and like in that 30 seconds, I said it 17 times. <laughs> you just said it about five times just there, so you you yeah. there you go there you go it's been a while and i'm i'm like out of practice yeah uh, that's again fair. there's another one so uh we're gonna try to not do that no promises sorry team. Right. well so that's the high ground of course we have various blog articles about legion and shatterpoint and other things occasionally on the fifth slash blog if you like any of that content you can support our Patreon at patreon.com slash the fifth trooper. You can also check out our web store. Uh, we do sell Legion stuff, promo code SW Legion, I think. Um, Maybe. Yeah. We'll find out. It looks like an 80% chance that that's right. 80% chance to get 10% off. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, check that out. All right. Should we get into our main topic? Get ready for advanced tactics. All right, so we're going to talk actually about two things today. The first is going to be, I think, relatively quick, but we got a listener request to talk about preparing for tournaments. So basically, if you're going to your first tournament, um, what considerations do you have? What should you do? What should you pack? Etc. You're talking like, are we talking first tournament ever? uh let's like, no i'm talking about a convention tournament not like a local one day a, tournament. A, a, tr- a travel tournament okay we're getting yeah. on a plane we're going to do a thing yeah we're in a car we're staying like, for a, a couple. like a yeah or like long drive or whatever yeah not day, local day or a train two days sort of thing two day yeah we'll say day. two day tournament yeah okay yep cool um I would say I think the biggest thing is 
if it's your first time ever going to one, make sure you set your goals right or, or have your expectations set correctly, I, I think would be my biggest thing. Um, you know, depending on the size of it, don't go with like the aim that like you're going to win the whole thing on the first outing. Your aim should be to have fun, to learn a bit, to meet some cool new people. Um, I think one of the biggest things for, I know for me is like, I like winning. It's like where a lot of my fun comes from. And if I like lose the first game of a tournament, my, my experience goes south very quickly um, as far as how much I enjoy it. So I think I would recommend just kind of keeping an open, um, I don't know, palette as to, as to how you're viewing your expectations of it. Um, I mean, for me, like the, you know, the only difference between a tournament and like a local game night is like how many games you're playing and for how long. So the, like you, like, I mean, presuming you're someone who's, you know, played the game for a little while and trying to play the first tournament and just kind of get into that. You just need to be able to set yourself up for like play your game. Right. Cause a lot of people's first tournament, if they don't have other things set up properly, then their game is going to suffer because they're worried about other stuff. So that's like, you know, making sure you have travel solution and be able to get your minis and tokens out quickly. Um, make sure that you're like, have snacks, have breakfast, whatever. Keep your snacks. like, like keep your body itself functioning properly. However, that need, whatever you need to do that for the day, but snacks and like drink water is important. Um, and then also like, if we're going to a two day tournament, have fun in that like, don't just treat the like games itself as the like only thing you're doing there. Talk to people, say hi, like go to these things, try to be social. If being social isn't your thing, to be fair enough, but like often these tournaments have a like social evening event or a hangout or like just go grab some pizza with like some of your opponents or whatever. Just try to like reach out and talk to people because that's why we do these things is to like play games with people and then incorporating that is just like have good times with people. Yeah, don't bring Cheetos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, please. I, I will say that there's a there's a. I I actually haven't had any issues with it recently, um, since at least COVID. But there's definitely like some etiquette around like bringing food to the table and, and like, you know, we're playing with nice stuff. Don't you know bring greasy gross food and just put your mountain dew that's like in a cup that doesn't have a cap on it on the table you know like uh i uh, i'll never forget i went to a it's not worrying but a magic tournament one time and somebody like put like an open like thing of soda on the table and it got knocked and like just like soaked this guy's like 700 dollars deck uh it, it, it was double sleeved but you okay, know i was gonna say did you have sleeves that yeah, yeah um but sleeves only do so much protection against the menace that is the the, the soda yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah i would be careful with that you know make sure you bring snacks that you like but also uh i mean kyle has always got like 20 cliff bars on him. I, I, when I need snacks in a tournament, I know where to go. This man right here, I guess, right yep. here. 
Just yeah. just make friends with people and they'll hand you stuff. It's great. <laughs> um, yeah. But also about drinks, like a lot of tournaments, there's not a lot of space. I often put my like drink on the ground. Yep. Make right, sure it's like got a, some kind of cap on it. Yeah, like if as, yeah, like if I have a cap, then I'm not too worried about it. But if it's like you know a cup or a can or whatever, and there isn't enough room, I just put it on the ground or like put it on a chair. That's yep. not as good, but like it's easy know, to knock them. Know, know thyself too, right? If you're someone who knocks stuff over all the time, be conscious of that. Um, I always make sure like I knock tend to knock stuff, so I tend to like at minimum put my stuff way off to the edge that like isn't being played on you know you can always see like parts of the battlefield that aren't being used very much those are great places to put like spare dice or like whatever in a little corner of the battlefield that's not being used so because out of these conventions often there isn't a ton of space to put stuff yep yeah i spilled coffee on some miniatures once that was uh luckily oh, they were yeah. they were mine so it was slightly less bad but um and they were B1s, so they were already like brown colored. Oh, that was just um, extra. <laughs> that, that, extra that, wasn't a, that wasn't a spill. That was a purposeful uh, a wash. Hobby, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was an intentional stain. They just need a little extra wash. Yeah. I, it's um... like the dip, you know, people dip <laughs> there. You know? yeah. yeah. So that was, I kind of just rolled with it. Like I didn't, I was in the middle of a game, so it's not like I could go rinse them off anyway. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. I would say as far as snacks and drinks and stuff are concerned, make sure that granola bars are great because you can eat them in the wrapper yep. um, usually and uh, you won't get your hands messy. And then any sort of drink, make sure you have like water bottle. Water is obviously great because if water spills, it's not that big of a deal usually. But also generally, if you have a water bottle with like, you know, a top that you can close or something like that, and if it spills, it's not going to go all over the place if you have something like coffee i really like those uh contigo mugs the ones that have like, i'm not a coffee podcast. guy so okay this podcast not brought to you by contigo but um Hit us up. the ones that have that little button on the side and they're like vacuum sealed so you can like turn yeah. them upside down and flip them around and like yeah. throw them in the air and the coffee doesn't come out um so which is great because i have kids so i've also learned how important it is to make sure that like <laughs> <laughs> that's fair yeah that's fair. uh so yeah um i would say make sure that um you are prepared to play quickly um because tournament games are timed obviously now most of them don't have like chess clocks per se but as a courtesy to your opponent you should still make sure that you can like reliably finish a game in two and a half hours um a lot of people are like, what, you know, what baseline level of uh, experience do I need to show up to a tournament? And the short answer is technically you just need to be able to like play the game. Right. But I think a more accurate answer, and I'm going to steal this one from Zeus Juice because he's the one that posted this, but. Um, That's Matt, Matt Bronson. For Matt Bronson. Yeah, yeah. From, from Bombad Generals um, is a, a good way to know if you have enough experience to go to a tournament and like not be you know essentially like a liability for your opponent is if you can consistently finish the game finish a six turn full six turn game in less than two and a half hours if you can't do that yet then you probably need some more reps um before you go to a tournament now some people can do that in as little as like three or four games you know some Um, people can't do it in a (laughs) hundred also true (laughs) 
And that's why I don't want to get on the chess clock soapbox, but that's why I feel like all post chess clocks are great. Chess yep. clocks are great. Agreed. Um, um, you you and you can also practice a lot. Like so, at my locals, like we run our game our game nights to quote tournament standard. Now that doesn't mean I'm timing anyone, and people can do their own games. But in general, like I'm there, I'm answering those questions as if I'm a tournament judge. Blah blah blah. Right. And we're still having fun, and we're still being you know casual. Oh, you bump that, whatever, no problem. But it meant like I had a few people who we went down to Grand Forks a tournament and they were a little bit stressed, like, oh, what was my first tournament? How's it gonna be? And at the end of the day, they're like, actually that wasn't bad because we just played three games like we usually do. So especially if you're from a community or just group of friends or whatever that doesn't play quote tournament standard games very often, if you're going to a big tournament, try to play a few before you'd go, because that way you're just a little bit more used to that ebb and flow of how things work. I think and, put a, in the, and to put a clock on too. Yeah, clocks are always good. I think in that vein, while you're practicing, you should make sure you feel rushed. Um, <laughs> just as like A, so that you know what it feels like. And B, um, I think practicing at a higher rate of speed allows you to slow down when you need to. Hmm. Um I honestly, at this point, like my least favorite thing about playing Legion competitively is when I get a slow opponent. Um, it's it's brutal. It's, yep. it's I'm, like, I'm with it, you on that. It's it's actually the worst. Um, and and that's not to say that like, uh, it it doesn't really happen that often. Like even with newer people, like I generally can play fast enough that like we get to turn six. But like I get, I definitely as someone who like shows up to tournaments a lot. We don't get to turn six on a game. Like I'm, I'm not happy, <laughs> you know. Um, and not that you're uh, responsible for your opponent's happiness because you're not. Um, but it is, uh, I think, helpful to make sure that it, you know, tournaments are run well. Uh, that that that's the thing. What when you're playing, you should always be doing something. In that playing legion there's really not a lot of time where you should be sitting and thinking i mean there are big decisions take a second take a breath especially if you've been playing quick you have that little bit extra time you can whatever but especially for you know earlier turns or things that aren't that momentous you shouldn't be thinking sitting there and thinking about something you should always be doing something and that could even be like oh i have to stab these two command cards instead of just sitting there thinking maybe measure it maybe that'll help right in, inform your decision right you should always be doing stuff to make your decisions go faster yeah i think tim you're and i get eyes our game at uh lvo is actually like a pretty good example of like a game that was measured in pace and okay. um like we we played i think pretty fast turns one through five <laughs> and then yeah. turn, turn six was like half the game right yeah <laughs> and yep. uh and one of the things about Legion is that when you're playing a competitive game, that's often the case is that the game slows down in the final turn where things are narrowing and decision trees are getting more complicated and in that like paths are closing because they literally just result in defeat and you've got to figure out which, which doors are shut and which ones are still open. Um, and navigating that uh, in some like game setups is extremely complicated and like the the whole like turns one through five is just a road to get there in, at least in the in the super fun really grindy crunchy games that i think the three of us love a lot um where people aren't just getting tabled 
completely. Um, yeah. <laughs> if, the, if the game's if the game's over by turn three, it was probably not a fun game. It definitely was not a fun game for one person, and it probably was not a fun game for either player. Um, yeah, um, agreed. So yeah, Legion is best when Legion is close. Um, yep. So, but yeah, that's a long way of saying just make sure that you are prepared to play quickly enough. And that doesn't mean you need to be rushing, but no. quickly enough to finish a game consistently in two and a half hours. And I do think, Tim, you pointed out earlier, uh, like having all of your, um, I think it was you, that's uh, like ways to like get to and from each game, like on trays and stuff. That is such a game changer. I think yeah. if you can do anything, I, I got to be honest, we went to top deck games where I won my world's invite. <laughs> um, they had li- a, like a literal, like one of those push carts for every <laughs> for everyone there. Yep. Wow. Those are, those are okay. great. There were like 32 people at this tournament, and there were like 32 of these push carts. They just had a billion of them. I've never had a push cart before where you just like put your models on it and you just like push it to the next game, and then you don't like have to get all your stuff out again. Oh my God. <laughs> it's it's great. It's great for two reasons. The first is you don't have to get anything out. The second is that it's like extra table space. You know? Yeah. You, you I, don't... Yeah. Yeah, it's those, I, it those things incredible. are great. Those things it are was great. Actually, incredible. Um, I I like went to lunch. I got back like five minutes late because like we were we were taking a long time ordering stuff, and I still like got to my game on time and was like setting up and everything just because I just I just grabbed my cart and moved it over to the next table. You know, um, I mean, it can be simple. Like my, the last few, like I have my foam tournament carrying case. And my like between table transportation method is I just place all the units in my case, but on top of all the foam, right? So I have like a flat piece of foam that covers it all up. Mm. And I just use that as a tray basically in my tournament bag and go between. And it can be as simple as that. Like it also like if you have a like small baking tray or like the top of a Tupperware container, but something flat to be able to just put stuff on is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Super helpful. I like magnetic stuff personally. Yeah, that's the I have a, control I have centered. A mag- yeah, I have a magnetic case. Um, all my units have washers on the bottom so that they can stick to the magnetic sheets that are on the bottom of the case. So I've got all my minis in one tray, layer, whatever you want to call it. And then I've got all my tokens and stuff in another. So I just take out my two trays, I set them on a table, and boom, I'm done. Yeah. Um, and the magnetic stuff is awesome because you don't have to, like... I used to use foam and just pulling stuff out like it would catch. Oh, so, like, yeah, it's it, real it rubs paint off. It rubs paint off. Um, yeah. The one one thing I see too that I I think is a little like so a lot of people have you know solutions for getting their cards up quick, right? Like basically like binder sheets or whatever. I just I'm a weird. Mine. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> for me, I'm I'm weird in that I just I have my cards in a stack and I just lay them out, but I get my minis out quickly. And yeah. I think I see there are people who have really quick ways of getting their cards out, but the minis take forever. And out of the two things, the thing that's actually quicker to do, even with no organization at all, is the cards. So if you're right. going to do invest or think about one of those two things, think about minis first and cards second. Yeah. And and cards are easier to do kind of just as you're going. Yeah. Whereas like... 100%. It's hard to it's hard to start deploying if you don't have any minis on the on the table or ready to put yep. on the table. Um, yep. Obviously, like if you're a blue player, you're going to need your battle cards, but you don't 
Like I don't I honestly, other than flip cards, I don't even take my cards out anymore. Yeah, I don't either. Um, I have I have my cards for my army in a Ziploc bag and a stack, you know, because you're you're yep. required to have them. Um, and if my opponent or a judge wants to see them, they're there. But like and the, and then I have my flip cards in a separate tiny little Ziploc with my command cards and my battle cards. Yep. Anything so I, that exhausts or whatever right. goes in the that little bag. So, um, yeah, I pull out my command cards. I pull out my little exhaust cards. That's the only cards that I need on the table most of the time. Um, and then and then you're good. Yeah, I don't clearly like uh, if you're newer, you're, you're probably going to need some cards because you won't have all that stuff memorized. But uh, if you've been playing stuff extensively and you've got all the stats and keywords and stuff for your units just in your head, which if you have enough reps, you will. Um, I think it's totally fine to just have your cards like available, but you don't need to put out every single card on the table. There are some people that are really weird about that. I, I will I uh my first question every game is do you want me to get my cards out? <laughs> yeah, and I, I get too like if I mean it's if your opponent also doesn't have everything memorized, it's it's kind of a courtesy to them to make sure that like they can visually inspect what your units do and stuff without having to ask you, which is great. Yeah, and if if that's the reason they want my cards out on the table, that's totally fine. Um, I completely you, understand that. You, you you can also have a like, lead like a Legion a, HQ a link out. ready to go. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. a printout, or I often just have like yeah. a link ready to go, and then I can send it to them by phone or whatever. Um, because then they can also pick up to pull the cards up themselves. Or if you're playing one of these bigger tournaments, they're often on Game Up like now, which has the list able of you anyway. So, yeah. But but a printout also is like, I always have a printout. It's just good to have. Yeah, I think it's great to just have a physical printed list too for your opponent. Yep. Um, so uh, that you can just hand it to them. I mean, I know that like with Game Uplink, um, it's easy to just look at the list in there. But sometimes like phone service is weird or maybe somebody's phone died or something. I, I always bring a physical copy of a list. Yeah. Yep. So. It physical copy and then also a pen. Because if you yeah. often like because if you have a physical copy, you also have a back of a page that you can write stuff down on. And often there's weird things you need to write down during tournaments. So Yeah, which is allowed now. It used to not be allowed to take yeah. notes, but now you can do that. So I mean, but even even outside of games, like occasionally you have to like write down a food order for someone to take. Yeah, or yeah, like yeah, yeah. Right, like, yeah. like there's a lot of reasons why you need to jot something down, and you, if you have a printout, you have a piece of paper, so just put a pen in. Like, I just have a pen in my tournament bag all the time, and got to be able to sign those autographs, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Those require uh, sharpies. Usually, uh, not always. But yeah, not always, but. Um, <laughs> all right. Are we uh, successfully off the rails? Yeah, yeah I think no, so. we're on autographs. We're off the rails. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that was ten minutes, but it was probably close. It was more, I think. That was okay. more. All right. Yeah. Oh, the oh, uh, the horror. We went over time. Shocking. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> so the other thing we wanted to talk about is we had a lot of people asking about your five of first list, Mike. Yeah. Apparently, um, I shorted everybody last week when I didn't talk about it more. Yeah, oh, that, that the list that oh. haunts my nightmares. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you're the <laughs> from LVO. 
Actually, it's um, not even listed up in some of It's more like one of my stupid plays, yeah, but whatever. You should whatever. You should have won that game. <laughs> Tim, to, for those that don't know, uh, LVO was the three of us were three of the yeah, top we were four. three of the top and four. LVO and Evan, Evan Paul, uh, are also from Fifth River was the other fourth. Um, you guys played each other in the top four at yeah. LVO, and yeah. then uh, um, obviously Mike won that uh, game, and then we played yeah. in the final. Uh, also at, at LVO, I was on stream twice during two of the craziest games that were not on the stream table. I played two of the most boring, like very technical but boring to watch games on stream. <laughs> while, uh, like I think it, one time it was Kyle, you were beating Dave Grant. Dave Grant, yeah. And then the the other game was you and Evan having a like blizzard off to blizzard the off. death match. Yep. <laughs> Whereas my two games on stream were. Okay, I move an inch, shoot, aim dodge. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> clone, some exciting clone on clone. Yeah, action. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of dodge take dodges taken. There's a lot, uh, a lot of not, dodge tokens. Not a lot of defense dice roll. <laughs> <laughs> Until the end, when it was like, here, fourteen dice, eat it. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those fire supports. You guys are making me want to play clones now. <laughs> it's fun all right so we're going to actually use this kind of as a gateway too to just talk about list building generally and more specifically like if you want to do a specific concept uh how do you whether you want to use a specific unit whether you want to go with a particular theme how do you like run with that theme and then turn it into a competitive list because it is very possible in legion you know, there's there's several different ways to build lists. One of them is to just go like figure out what people are playing that looks good and copy those, which I guess the, the net um, decking. Yeah, net decking. Um, I try not to do that simply because. Oh come on! I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you let, uh, let's let's be a little bit okay. <laughs> I said I try not to do that. I didn't okay. say I never, right, I never right, do that. Right. He he but, only plays the good thing to prove they're good. But okay. also, just for the for the history record, I think I was the first one to actually win something with Blizzard. So, if you're copying uh, yourself, yeah. is it net decking? I I uh, no, I don't know. No? I, I played the fifth. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I feel like those questions are crap. Uh, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I, the the reason that I prefer not to do that sometimes a list is just so good, uh, that that's Blizzard. like Blizzard's an example. <laughs> Rex, uh, clone gun line back when token sharing thing was another example where like you could try and counter that, but um, it's just even even though it's the thing that everyone is expecting, it's probably still just better to do that. Um, but I think in a healthier and that's that is why I played Blizzard for three tournaments. Yeah. Um, and 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 also on that, especially with lists that are powerful but not like impossible to beat, if you are copying someone and going to a big tournament, are you going to be better than the than the person you're copying at that list? Right. Right. Like a lot of these lists that are good but not unbeatable, are you going to be like right? Like I mean, and I've had this too. Where it's like, what well, is a good list? but I need to keep playing the thing I'm playing because I'm not going to have enough practice to, if I face a mirror or just like in general, I'm not going to have enough 
with this specific list to beat people who've practiced with it more. So, yeah, and generally too, unless it's just like so good that it doesn't matter. If you're bringing the, if you're net decking, then you're probably bringing the thing that everyone else is expecting to see. And if you're bringing the thing that everyone else is expecting to see, then in theory, they're going to be building encounters to that list. So it's much yeah. better to come up with your own concept uh, for what you think is good that may not be the obvious popular thing, assuming that it's actually good and not just, uh, you know, <laughs> like using a bunch of bad units. Um, but it's it's much better to it's much better to try and counter the meta from a an effectiveness perspective, not just a I want to be a hipster perspective. Uh, than it is to copy the meta generally or at least like side tail it right go laterally where you're sort of like not not really some, yeah. yeah yeah you're taking some elements from those popular things and then you're making your own twist on it that might yeah. be unexpected or something so yeah so this is a little bit of a tangent already but i actually like i'm i'm listening to you guys talk about like the meta and like the top tier lists and um like countering things. One of the things that I have learned, I think in the past two years is that I think all of those things are a little overrated. Okay, go on. Um, from, I think we, I think I, on this podcast have talked about it a lot from like, uh, just kind of like building towards the meta and figuring out what to counter and what people, other people are going to be playing. And I think, uh, one of my like post-COVID revelations has been um, I don't really think that's as useful all the time as we like to think it is. Um, for instance, um, I I did that for Worlds and it screwed me. It screwed me really hard. Um, I, I like I I I definitely feel like I did my run at worlds was way subpar to what it could have been because I, I kneecapped myself trying to counter the meta and I didn't run into a single meta list in, in the traditional fashion. And this was worlds. This was, yeah. this was, this was not like, this wasn't Nova or a local or like, you know, this, this was, this was where people should have been doing that. And, and, and that's not to say that people didn't, because because there were medalists that showed up, but I mean I played well eight games, um, which was a lot. <laughs> I think it was eight. I don't know. Maybe it was like it was, yeah. It was a lot of games, um, and I built for dark troopers, and I didn't I didn't have to play them at all, and my list was nerfed in every other matchup where I needed to not be nerfed um i mean so when like i also think when i hear countering the meta i also like because there's that straight countering the meta i'm going to take six hh12s which is a quite overblown whereas what like for my world's list i took my lvo list and added a rocket launcher and took out a whatever right i and i like i like to talk about having a plan for the meta not countering it right because if I didn't, I if I did not make that change, like I played two different dark trooper lists, I would have lost at least one of those games for sure, right? And so 
that was a good change. Now, if I if I would have put two rocket launchers in my list, which I was advised to do, I um, did that. I put two rockets in my <laughs> I, list. I wouldn't have done as well. So yeah. I, yeah, like, and that, and like the two rocket launchers would have been the quote countering the meta. Whereas I think I did a little bit more of plan for the meta. Yeah, it was a hedge for sure. I guess I just yeah. want to kind of make sure that we're opening this conversation with, with what I think is contextually like, uh, just kind of important about, about Legion. I think in general, I don't, this is not magic. This is not, I mean, I suspect I don't play competitive 40k, so I don't know what competitive 40k looks like. Um, but I feel like there's don't, these games. Don't, don't get me started. Okay, sure, 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 sure. It's a bunch, uh, of, bunch of scowls. <laughs> but I feel like there's a there's these games that have been established for like a very long time where people really grind the numbers, and not that's not to say that we don't, because I think there are a lot of people out there that do grind the numbers. But I think that we are still a little bit in our infancy as a community or like around the idea of bringing the best thing to a tournament every time. And I think that it allows us to have conversations about playing things that you enjoy and getting really, really, really good at playing those things. And you can, uh, you can pretty much, you can take a good list that you have built around a theme and a concept and that you've you've put reps in on and and beat you can beat blizzard with that list you can be you can be old blizzard with that list if you're good enough with it against an average player you're not going to beat kyle with blizzard it just you know but but that should not be that should not be your goal lila did Right, right. Yeah. I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like there are there are lists out there. I'm I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying it shouldn't yeah, be yeah. like you should. That should not be your expectation, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah, um, that's fair. And, I mean, uh, but and, you probably don't what, need to if you're not going to yeah, you know whatever yeah. the world championships, yes. right? And 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 Lila's list was also a great example of like if you take something that no one is thinking of, or at least no one's crazy enough to take it then people aren't going to have a plan for it. Yep. Yeah, and I I was generally familiar with her list by virtue of um, editing AJ's blog article because he writes a lot <laughs> about the, the tournament yeah. scene in the UK. And I distinctly remember, I don't know if it was a month or two before Worlds, but I was editing one of such articles and she did well in one of those tournaments and I was, I was reading about it. And I was like, oof, man, I really hope that I don't have to deal with that at Worlds. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh it was womp womp. yeah i think it was round <laughs> round three on day two somebody walked yeah. it was before the matchups were even posted somebody walked over to me they're like you're on stream you're playing lila and i was like damn it <laughs> <laughs> can i literally anyone else can i have like I and yeah um and it, interestingly i think whether uh lila did this intentionally or not she built a great blizzard counter in that list because you know, one thing that Blizzard doesn't have is long range Pierce. And there's really only one thing that Black Sun don't like, and that's long range Pierce. I don't even think, um, as, as someone who's played a lot of long range Pierce against that list, I don't even think it's that good. 
yeah, to, I mean, to counter it with like you you've got a bunch of units that are like very fragile if that's what you've got for the most yeah. part and, well, and like and like black sun you, don't really care how fragile a unit is though well that's, every, that's everything is fragile against black sun i guess my point is that like you're gonna maybe kill like one or two of their units before they get to you and then they're just gonna start deleting things still like yep. it, it, the pierce i think is a little overvalued that's that's fair yeah <laughs> yeah um Anyway, I think we've gone way off topic here from five of first. <laughs> sure, sure. I guess. Oh yeah, guess that's where we started. Yes, five of first. Um, this is yeah. a long way of saying, what do you do if you have a specific theme that you want to go for or unit that you want to use? How do you you called this this quote unquote brewing? Yeah. Um, but like, how do you how do you build a list from an idea rather than trying to just be like, what's good and take that? So I think. Um, where I started, and I, I guess I'll, I'll talk a little bit about my journey here in the 501st land, all the way to it's the best gar list that exists, and Tim can refute that, and we can have a conversation about it. Okay. Uh, hashtag worlds, baby. Hashtag worlds. I didn't play 501st at worlds. For, I should. That's fair. That's true, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very true. And, and let's just yeah, who, who, the, the who last won... game we played. <laughs> yeah, right. Who won the 501st versus normal gar uh, list matchup at yeah. LVO? Yeah um well i, I definitely I, lost <laughs> <laughs> uh, dumb brain lost <laughs> but um i think the first thing that i set out to at lvo and i guess this kind of goes back to like preparing for tournaments and stuff was i had a i had a flight set up to lvo i had bought tickets like a year in advance because you kind of have to do that for lvo because it sells out very quickly and i already had my world's invite and um I was like, I'm kind of just going for fun. This is this is just me going to Vegas and having a good time. There's no pressure, nothing on the line, really. How can I make this fun? And I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to bring the thing that everybody thinks sucks, and I'm going to see what I can do with it. And so I kind of messed around with 501st, and I think this is kind of where you start in any kind of list building scenario. You're like, okay. This thing is fun, whether it's a battle force or a unit, let's say uh, tauntauns or I don't know, whatever. In this case, I was like, I want to play a bunch of full arcs. That's where I started with the Republic. That's where I kind of wanted to do. I always like the models. I think they're really cool. Kyle painted them for me like a year, like I guess like three years ago now. And I never actually put them on the table because they got nerfed by the time we were done. Yeah. Uh, um, and I was like, I want to do this. I'm going to put these things on the table. And so I think like everyone else before LVO, I was like, Anakin, there's no way Anakin's good in the 501st list. It's impossible. He's trash. He's too expensive to put in a 501st list with a bunch of other expensive things. It's not a thing you can do. Um, so I started like, I was like, all right, well, I started to put together a bunch of like lists and I was like, man, Rex is kind of really bad. It's the bad thing, you know? Um, and I started playing around with it and I just started building different lists. And and we had just had the, um, what was it? The the rules errata? Like the the CRB. CRB. Yeah. With the uh, pass mechanic, right? Like, yep. Okay. Pass mechanic. Maybe I can cut an activation. Maybe that's the thing I can do, right? Because we've been living in a world where 10 activations is the norm. An eight activation list was crazy. Yep. 
It was just like not a thing you could do. It's like, all right, maybe I can make, let's, let's shove Anakin in there. We know Anakin's good. Yep. Right. Um, so I think the first thing I think when, when you're kind of like figuring all this stuff out is you figure out your theme and then you're like, okay, build just build like 12 different lists. Um, see which ones stick out, which ones you like the most. And then you kind of like want to take advantage of things that people haven't thought of before, right? And not that I was the only one that thought about the past mechanic at LVO because I certainly was not. There was a lot of low activation lists, which turns out makes taking a low activation list better. Yeah, when, you're, when you've got eight like, <laughs> yeah. and your opponent has a nine or seven, it's much, like, lots of a big deal to have eight. You're like, oh. Great. I think there were very few games where I actually played people that were like a 10 activations or above that at LVO. Um, Tim, how many were you playing? Were you on nine? Nine. Yeah. But like, like all, I feel like if you would look at the statistics for those lists um, and we're at that point, you're like breaking into a new meta, which is like with all the rules changes and stuff. And we're kind of breaking into a new meta right now with all the points adjustments. Um, so we're kind of, it's not the same exactly because the rules haven't changed, but same general premise. Yeah. Um, the the terrain has shifted. I'm like, okay, things have changed. That means the variables in play are different. Um, so let's try, let's let's cut an activation, throw Anakin in there, see what happens. Um, it's like, all right, so I've got all these clones. They they die to pierce. How do we solve that? Barrier. Oh my god. There is so good. Oh my god. I I cannot I will not play a force user without barrier after playing that list. It's in all of my force user lists. And I I think it's one of those things where I just like didn't play with these cards. Because people will tell you that there are better things or they're bad. I don't think anybody said barrier is bad in fairness. Um but I think part of this is just like you gotta you gotta get your feet wet. You gotta go out there and you actually have to use the stuff that nobody uses. Um, I think you know Keegan from Legion ninety nine. He was playing what Jin, Jin, Pathfinders for a while there. Yeah, you know, um, a list that I don't think is very good, but he does well with it because he's got enough reps and he enjoys the list and he's he's gotten good enough with it that you know people know what they're doing. So anyhow. Um, I feel like I'm a little bit monologuing. Feel free to jump in here when you guys are ready. Um, so I ended up on Anakin Barrier defensive stance, which was another kind of like I'm not. Did I have um? Did I have offensive push on him? That do you guys no. remember that? No. Okay, that was something I tried as well. Offensive push with Anakin because I was recovering a lot mm-hmm. in the first couple turns, um, and it was like an extra aim to like share. Uh, because you like you like you would get shot. You you tap your barrier. You'd activate Anakin, tap offensive push, recover barrier and push, and it, you got exemplars. So anybody in your army can shoot. Use the aim token, right? Yeah. Um, I ended up deciding that was too expensive, but um, and kind of just cheeky, I guess. But there's like a lot, you know. I, I don't know. There are like cool things you can do. Um, and uh, so anyways, I ended up with Anakin in my 501st list, which if you had asked me three months prior, if that was anywhere in the realm of being 
decent, I would have told you to get out of here. You're crazy. I we're playing competitive Legion. That's silly. Don't. Um, and you just got to put this stuff on the table. I, I think that that fundamentally for me, you really just got to figure out the things that people aren't playing, put it on the table, find out if it's good or not for yourself and then test it. Um, and then make small adjustments. Um, I've made a few adjustments to the list after LVO. Um, and the points have made it a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, how much cheaper? How much cheaper is that same list now? I believe it's it's roughly twenty points cheaper. Okay. Um, it's it's enough that that mortar squad is now a second phase two medic squad. <laughs> yeah, that's. And and I can put an emergency transponder on Echo, which is probably overkill. But I will say it let me like completely flip the table in my finals game at top tech um a couple weeks ago i just i had a i had a mortar on one wound and i was like i doesn't really need this to die echo's gonna take an extra aim <laughs> you know um and uh first transponder is real good i thought it i like splashed it into a lot of stuff now yeah and i like playing at 800 it's like how i uh, like to play the game. I still like to play evaporators, even though people are like really, you know, not as yeah. on it these days. <laughs> I, I still, I don't mind playing an even draw game. I did have that come up. I was like, hey, um, yeah, that's <laughs> awkward. It is, but when you've got four sniper rifles in your list, it's a little less odd. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyhow, I don't know where we're headed with this conversation outside of, um, I, I really think that I would love to see more people put things that are perceived to be bad on the table and just grind the crap out of them. And because I think there there's a 501st, there's the pink sun list that Lila brought. There's, I mean, the UK has just got a bunch of brewing shenanigans going on with Palpatine, Gav, Vader, they're they're weird over there. They're they are, weird. but it's cool. It's it 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 is it, like you know. I listen to a couple of UK podcasts. It's always hilarious because they talk about stuff and you go like, and it, you it metaphor metamorphosizes over time, right? You get you hear them talk about something, and then six months later, something pops out from that conversation that's amazing. <laughs> right? They'll be talking about something that's like that, and then and then they'll say like, ah, that didn't work, didn't work, didn't work, and then boop, pink suns. <laughs> I think they're less afraid to try random stuff. Oh, they just try whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, they also play a lot of games. Well, that's part of a it. Crazy number yeah. of games. That's part yeah. of it. I will say, and this is, you know, part of my, uh, like, I, I have essentially, like, what is the time limitation, which is that my actual time for Legion games is not unlimited. Um, yep. And I, I know that's the case with most people, but. Like I, I got three kids. My oldest kid is six, so I can't hey, play. Hey everyone, he's about to give us the excuses to why he netless. <laughs> no, I'm. This is not a netlisting uh, topic. Um, that's a long way of saying, like, I can't. I'm not one of those people that can play three Legion games in a week. When I'm actively prepping for a tournament, I will probably get in one a week. Um. Which which is enough to like kind of uh 
massage and tailor a list concept that you already have in mind, but it's not enough to just like try something new constantly. Um, that doesn't mean that I don't play things that are new to me. I'm also kind of notorious for going completely cold to tournaments and playing a list that I've never played before ever. Yep. Um, so <laughs> for kind of similar reasons, but that's a long way of saying there are ways, particularly if you have like a good active community to discuss these sorts of things in, you know, the, the conventional term is theory crafting, but there are ways to kind of like, bounce list ideas off people and go through that experimentation process at least in uh at least mentally and kind of save yourself some game time if you're limited on the time and i definitely do a lot of that um you know i'm part of several different discord communities where people do this it's troopers got a discord community we do which you we... can be a part of if you uh subscribe to our not subscribe if you join our patreon support our patreon <laughs> um thanks so, you're welcome jay yeah well i mean in fairness we do like there you know we've got tons of people in there that post a list yeah. for us to look at all the time mm -hmm. one 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 great way to brew lists is see other people's crazy concepts and then massage them in your own image yep right and and, and i mean i like it's so it was funny because when we were discussing topics for this it's like oh yeah tim and mike you're both guard players it's like yeah Locally, I'm known as a rebel player because, and our local scene is fairly new with a lot of newer, more casual players. So I tend not to try to stomp them because that's just mean. Um, so I, I play a lot of like weird rebel shenanigans in our local scene. Um, and so it, it, it was just a funny heads up. But part of that is my local scene. Like they all, they have sent me lists and here's what I want to play next week. Cool. When I'm when when you, when people send me lists and I massage them, I try to take all the units they have, and just change upgrades, not actually changing units. Occasionally, I'll you know I'll suggest some changing the units, right? But like, part of that is it's good list building practice to take. These are the units you have to take. Put the upgrades on them to make it work, or take you know this you have to take. I mean, there's a the legion randomizer which probably isn't the best way to get competitive lists but it's a good practice to like you have to take these things whatever um but just taking whatever lists and massaging them in your image right if you're a more defensive player taking someone's like pretty aggressive list and just like changing a few upgrades changing a few units getting a like more neutral list or like take a neutral list make it defensive or vice versa those are all great ways to like just practice list building and seeing what you like well, and that's part of, I mean, this is years ago now, but you guys remember the Wookiee bus meta, right? Yep. Um, God, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, and you know, he, what's, you know what's even he more terrifying? He walks in buses. He walks yeah. in buses. Yeah, not looking forward to it. But you know, I actually we, think... We, we almost he, made it an episode without talking about any box. I mean... I have, I have seven boxes on pre-order. Seven? Oh, man, you're going full. full wow. No, no, no. Nine is full. Nine is, yeah. What, whatever. <laughs> anyway, back in back in the Wookies and Buses days, um, apparently what's more terrifying than Wookies and Buses is T-47s and Wookies. And um, that was like the thing. And I made the mistake of not acting on this instinct when I went to Lone Star Open that year, which was, I think, 2021. But after Lone Star Open, I'm like, all right, I'm going to SoCal Open in a couple months. People are still going to be playing this. 
Wookiees and Buses thing. Um, what's better than Wookiees and Buses? And more specifically, what counters Wookiees and Buses? But it's kind of similar. And it turns out the answer is Wookiees and T-47s. You've got your own Wookiees to handle their Wookiees. You probably have more because you haven't paid to transport them. And then you have the T-47s to mulch the buses because what are T-47s good at? Killing armor and more specifically white tail armor. Um, so that's like one of those things where it, it's not a crazy, it's still a W key list, right? It's still a list that has a bunch of ridiculous threats in it. It's just a slight, you just re replace the buses with one other thing. You're massaging an existing successful list concept with your own twist. Um, um, about the same time too, I took the Wookiees and buses and went, shooty wookies and buses because the buses still did their before the activation give out aims so i was like well put some targeting yeah. scopes on some shooty wookies and i'm gonna have a wookie gun line because it's a similar thing too of like well if they're wookies make it to me well shooty wooks aren't great at punching aggressively but if something gets into melee with them especially if it's wookies who don't save for anything they can punch back so yeah they're not terrible especially with two aims and targeting scopes <laughs> Yep. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, the original version of that tactician was a bit silly. Dumb. Um, yeah. Good, um, but dumb. Yeah. So yeah, even taking something that is like popular and then just taking your own twist on it, yep. um, I think can be potentially great. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think like a blizzard, like pre-nerf, um, there was like three to four different I would say viable configurations of of that list. Yep. They were not all like the meta super good one, but I'm pretty sure I played at least three ver against three three different versions of it at Worlds. There there weren't that many upgrade for upgrade copies of each other Blizzard lists. Yeah. yeah. As in like the Rexstar meta days where there was like two lists, like it was like Arkstar and Rexstar and down to the upgrade, they were all identical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, those those lists built themselves. I don't know. <laughs> they, 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 they really did. That um, that part part of that was the. I mean, I I always try to lean into the like legion list. You can often do one thing, right? And if you're going to start doing that one thing, fully do that thing. Don't don't half-ass two things. Full-ass one thing. And part of that is, is like there's certain units you add to a list, and they start you down a path of what that list wants to do. And if you don't follow that path to its natural conclusion, you're making a subpar list. And that's what those Rex star lists were, right? You add Rex, well, now you're starting a clone gun line and you just kind of got to, and every clone you add is just more reason to take more clones. So, yep. I do think that that's like a, um, that's kind of a unique insight there. I, I, I think, like, if you put, for instance, a sniper in your list, right? Your list is almost intrinsically going to be more defensive at that juncture, as opposed to like I'm putting speeder bikes in my list. My list is going to be more aggressive at that at that point, right? Yeah. Your your battle deck is completely different. Like just just adding one unit on one side or the other, kind of just just adding one sniper team to your list changes a lot about it. It's not just the pass activation. It's yeah. it, it's a um it's a vulnerability that you've added into your list right um and one that one that can disappear very quickly uh against against specific um threats what's up blizzard blizzard well lots of uh, things really sure. blizzard Iden, <laughs> but, Cassian, i mean Akira. even leia 
like, yeah. like yep. Leia it, at this point is like a real threat to I mean she used to be too but um yep. you know I, but but yeah the the idea of you're started down a path as soon as you add like that first unit you add starts you on a path um and it's it's real and if you're just putting in random things and with a million around the path you're just making subpar less in general um it's important to kind of commit to the concept that you're going for yeah um like don't just add a one-off speeder bike or one-off sniper strike team if it doesn't fit with what the rest of your list is trying to do and you see and look i did this when i first started playing you see people do this a lot where they're like i just want to take all the cool things you know i like speeder bikes i like snipers i like stormtroopers i like e-webs and they and they just take like this smorgasbord of units that don't really function in a cohesive way and regardless of whether you're netlisting or coming up with your own list concept and working from that um it's always important to like figure out what your list is trying to do and then make sure that everything you're taking works towards that goal um and mike your 501st example is a great one in that regard because your list is essentially it's it's the arc troopers primarily right yes. so then it's like well how do i how do i best support these arc troopers well i need to keep them alive so that's what anakin is for and the medics right the medics are so, um, such a game changer it's yeah. like oh you got through all this defensive tech and then i rolled some saves lost a model i'm gonna put it back yeah <laughs> like you did a lot of work and the amount of games where my opponent has gone to great strides and lengths to just take a model off the table on turn one and two and then it just goes right back and the look of just despair is palpable, yep. you know. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, even in, even in our game, I did very little damage to your list until Vader got in there. Yeah, until Force Choke messed me up. Uh -huh. <laughs> it was it was the force it was Force Choke and the lightsaber. But you're right. Um, I feel like yeah. I I would I was in a playable position if Force Choke was what it is now. <laughs> it, yeah, I'm actually trying to think back. I don't think that I specifically force choked a heavy you at didn't. all in our game. You didn't. Um, it was mostly just used to kill our troopers instead of having to shoot them. Yes. Yeah. And um, I think I think he killed like three to four arc troopers that way. I was definitely like winning the troopers. I was definitely winning the gunfight. Oh yeah. Like, and, then, and it wasn't real close in that juncture. It, uh, up no. until the point Vader got in there, and then it was just over because that's what he does. Right. Uh, <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. That's. That's pretty much what happened. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I think I think the difference there is you're just not going to see force choke as much. Like it's yep. in in our game, I don't think that the new version of force choke would have made a difference specifically. No, probably um, not. I definitely was respecting it like it would have though. Right. That's is fair. is is the main yeah. thing. I would have played that game I think very differently if I knew you couldn't force choke my heavies. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, um, I I had to basically run around you in like a semicircle to try and make it so it didn't happen. Yeah, um, yeah, and and I probably would have just like be, and I not to like go all tangent, but like just the fact that this thing doesn't exist changes in its, its previous form changes how you play the game against the units that could take it. Um, you can be you are punished a lot less now and and the against those units. Yeah, you don't have to like dilly dally around or dance around them as much as you 
might have previously you can kind of just get in there and you know they might kill some stuff with their lightsaber i guess but that's not going to be inherently scary in the same way so uh, yeah um, and when you're sharing dodge tokens and stuff lightsabers are significantly less scary yeah i mean you, you know vader would be likely like if you if you got enough i think it's extremely reasonable and like really any clone list not just if i have a first list but to have like two to three dodge tokens floating around that you can just kind of share and then vader swings and kills two clone models and you're like all right okay <laughs> i mean you, you, you basically always have one available at minimum yeah which any lightsaber just taking one off the top of it is big yeah it goes from losing a unit to not losing a unit <laughs> right, right? <laughs> which which is huge yeah right um yeah Yep. Man, you guys are talking me into playing clones. I already submitted a list for long. <laughs> clones Man. are fun. They're so I good. know they are. And I have and, and let me tell you why you should join the church of 501st. Um Bistan's got a church. Okay, we, we need we need to talk about things because people want to hear it because they've been I have I have not heard the end of it. I've gotten so many DMs over the last week about Mike. You didn't tell us what about your five hundred first and like preach, why you preach, think it's amazing. Okay, so Tim, I think you can probably relate to some of the problems I have been having before I started playing five hundred first. I've been playing a lot of clones. I've been playing a lot of Anakin Padme. It felt on the surface like probably the best thing we could be doing is to lean into the exemplar shenanigans. And in fairness, Anakin still has Exemplar, but Padme, obviously you can't take Padme in a 501st list, right? Um, and Tim, I think, I mean, I took a variant of your list that you played at LVO to Worlds with the situational awareness shenanigans and really turning the dodge tokens up to 11, right? The one thing that, uh, that really destroyed me in just about every game I always was like, I really only can effectively fight at range three. And that's it. And there are so many good units in so many different lists. In, in Blizzard Force, you've got, you know, the Bombard, you got ATSCs if they have them. The speeder bikes are not really range three. They're just, it, they are, but they aren't. The like, they dart in, they shoot you, they dart back out. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're like, well, you're not a range three anymore crap right um we've got Aiden you know um Pikes can like pretty effectively fight at range four um and I just I found in all these mashups that I'm down on activations I don't think it, like if you're playing an eight to nine activation clone list I don't think you can afford to be outranged I I I, I really feel that way at this point uh that's not to say you can't win games because you definitely can Tim and I have won a ton <laughs> the, the 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 and one of i mean one you mentioned to me at lvo too is you did not like dc-15s at all then we play our game and you respect them a little bit more and the dc-15s in my list part of the reason they're there is they're able to help close that range four three gap because sure. one i can use the captains to close range three but also they're pretty effective at range four Yep. So they, they give me, if you want to fight a range four, I at least can fight you. I probably still lose the range four gunfight, but I'm able to fight that fight while still getting to range three. Yeah. And 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 that was one thing in our game that I was like, man, these DC-15s are kind of a pain in the butt. But one of the things that the ARC <laughs> troopers give you that I think yes. 
I've sort of landed on no other unit in the game really does the same way is that they're just hyper efficient at every engagement range. Yep. They, they, they're like, okay, you, we need to fight a range five fight. Great. Let's do it. Let's have it out. We'll be the only shots taken and we're, we're going to be more efficient than whenever they're doing, because if they've got snipers, we've got barrier. And if they have snipers, they don't because they're playing like Iden or Cassian. Right. Right. Um, and then it's like, okay, we're playing a range three game. Well, we've got five units that are all just chucking 10 dice, three of which have Pierce and Sharpshooter. Like they just, they do everything so incredibly efficiently. And as a competitive player, what, what I enjoy about it, and the reason I think it is so amazing, is that the flexibility that it affords you from where you start, where you start on turn zero, you can literally come up with a completely different game plan for every game you play. I've played Bombing Run with that list so many times, and it has been easy. That's because of the ranged advantage. Ranged advantage, all your units are courage too. You can't and, and tactical. So and, and move, tactical. shoot, move, shoot. You move, shoot, move, shoot. And it's like you you can cross the board pretty fast when you're doing that, turns out. And if yeah. you're toilet bowling, you can do that while firing your snipers. And um I just it's it's yeah, it plays all the objectives, it wins the range game, and that's the other thing it does for clones. Normal clone gun lines can't play bombing run. I mean they can, nope. but they don't uh, want they don't want nope. to. Not, not not well. But yeah. <laughs> the token bark is not bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've actually come to respect the token bark. It allows you to get out of a lot of situations that are actually horrible for you. Disarray, great. I'm gonna go put this thing I don't care about in the corner. And it's just gonna do donuts over there. Like yep. um, I mean, and Tim, it was great, kind of in our game. It- that was one of one of the things that won you the game. Yep, I just play X Wing with it. You know, it's just it's just a blocker. Um, I've won like probably a dozen games off blocking with that bark at this point, and it's it's something that nobody's nobody even thinks of because it's three moves away. But bar- bar- barks consistently like like the naked barks consistently, and this happened the one uh the one game I lost at Worlds, yeah, was. The same thing. I completely forgot how fast barks can move. They they're just so they're so fast. <laughs> three range, three speeds, three moves of them is wicked fast. It's like I mean, half the board. It's way base. faster yeah. than a normal speeder bike because their base is like twice the size. Yeah. 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 Um yeah, I just uh, I you know. Um, with, I, I could get into like very specific use cases on a lot of this stuff. We really, I, we fundamentally don't have 12 hours. Um, I'm contemplating doing like a video series or something. We'll see. Um, no promises. Don't bug me about that. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, where's uh, the 501st video? Where's the 501st videos? Um, but really it's kind of like an amalgamation of all of these things that add up to being like a hyper flexible. It feels like you're playing like a blue deck in magic where like you just have counter spell and you just, you just get to decide what the game is and your opponent kind of has to react to that and try and they have to engage into you. They don't have a choice that you, you are gonna, you are gonna set the tone for the game, whether you're using their deck or yours, it, you, you can flex to all of their objectives um 
And I think, oh man, there was one other. Oh, let's talk about the command cards. <laughs> the the hardest to pick command hand probably ever. I actually think it's it's. It was that a joke. Um, it, the two pips are very very. Well, you don't have Rex. That's fair. Yeah, I, I don't think it's I close. Would, it's not. Close. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> one, one, once once Rex is at a, like if it's a, a Rex list, then it's different. But I I remember having a discussion with someone at a thing at a five hundred first Rex list in like. What do you take as a two pips? Oh, yeah, it's, it gets a lot harder if you're playing. You know, so and and with Anakin, it's easy. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's easy. Um, it's easier. You're still leaving a good two pip on the table. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You are. Um, but the, your two pips are still the best cards in your command hand, I think. Um, so I take uh, Anakin's two. The other two pip is lead from the front, which we'll talk about in a sec. Ambush. Anakin's one. Uh, leaders of the 501st, which apparently you can't order leaders of the 501st with, which is great. That's cool. Thanks for that. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Those command cards, man. Uh, anyway, they're not bad. I want to be very clear. They're, I they're not. They're not bad. They they could be like actually synergistic with some super minor tweaks. So I actually think they're very synergistic. Okay. I think that there are definitely the three pip specifically has like pretty glaring limitation uh in that you can't give an order to anakin well that's what i mean like that's like a super simple like why can't you give an order to anakin on a card that he's featured i'm i'm with you there however both leaders and uh lead from the front are all stars i think they're one of the bigger reasons to play five at first i'll uh both of them have gotten me out of lead lead from the front um i know people complain about like the with it's the within clause Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not a big deal at all. I'm over. I'm over being grumpy about it. It's it, actually it's it's worse than at, but it's playable. In in more importantly, once you've played five of first like two or three times, you don't worry about it anymore because you're always they're just always within one panic like yeah. that's just, your whole yeah. army just just moves around in like a range one radius circle basically and and the thing about it is that uh it's fine because you can i the amount i have never put a force user out in the open so often except with this <laughs> list i will just put anakin out there i'll be like here you go here he is here's a platter step up shoot him you never want I, to shoot Anakin. I dare you. It's like Jem <laughs> Jem um, So is just like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to do that. That's not yeah. when you're playing an attrition game. No, where they've they've got medics, and every time you shoot their Jedi, you just lose a guy. Right, <laughs> and then they heal it back with the medic, and then they just heal it back. You yeah. know, um, but but more importantly, if you're shooting Anakin, everything's within one of him basically at all times which means if you're shooting him everything is in range to shoot you yeah right like you're stepping into the mess that is um but uh which lead from the front is a busted card it is busted the text effect is very strong it is insanely strong particularly with clones it basically makes you invulnerable to the first shot your opponent's going to take that turn because you're triggering defend on Anakin with it, you've got barrier up or you should have barrier up. You're putting two to three more dodge tokens down. It makes you completely invulnerable to the first shot and the, it lets the first shot you take be extremely lethal because you're going to have the probably two hand tokens. 
um, which uh, when we talk about competitive legion, I don't know how often you guys have talked about it recently. Tempo is like a big thing, particularly in like the turns two to four gunfight that happens in most legion games where, you know, you're swinging back and forth at range three, um, whether that happens on turn two or, you know, turn four or whatever. Um, when that fight opens, lead from the front is a busted card. Um, Anyhow, uh, leaders with 5-0 first. Turns out, when you get flawed, that's a great card to play. <laughs> yep. Now, why is that specifically for those that are unfamiliar with what it does and why that's relevant for them? Sure, sure. Sorry. Um, uh, I'm definitely like probably a little bit in jargon land here. Um, so 5-0 first only allows you to... Leaders of the 5-0 first uh, is a card that gives all of your units it's a permanent card it's the fourth one you get in this list because permanent cards are cool and fun uh and it gives all of your units at range two of anakin or rex who's not on the list um indomitable so they roll for the rest of the game red dice the red dice when they rally yep which and is they're great. all well, they're all courage too so basically it basically makes you immune to panic and probably immune to suppression for the most part. Yep. So if you've got like five suppression, sometimes you can still be suppressed, but it's rare. Um, but the reason that this is specifically good on Anakin's flawed turn is because, well, when you get flawed with Anakin, that means that you can't give Anakin an order anyways. What's the best thing to be doing at that point? Throwing a bunch of core and special forces tokens down to make it easier to pull Anakin out of your bag. Yep. Um, and you also get a pretty cool effect on top of it. Um, it definitely is awkward if you don't get flawed, but in those games, I generally don't play it. Um, but it feels, like a, it feels like a bonus card in five of first. Um, I will say it was amazing in the finals game at top deck. Again, top okay. deck. Uh, we were playing hostage exchange, uh -huh. and my opponent very clearly had never played against five of first before and he decided that the way he was going to win this game was to panic my hostage mm. <laughs> <laughs> which which by definition would be to start with a courage three hostage so you're already looking at a target number of six six yeah okay. and in the in fairness the turn before i played leaders of the five of first at the end of the turn there was eight suppression in the hostage unit okay so he was like, he was like feeling pretty good about it. Um, and then I played leaders and they moved away. And it wasn't, I mean, we, we only got one move because he had eight suppression tokens, right? right? Yeah, yeah. But um, it's very hard to kill things uh, against the five of first list. So he couldn't, I mean, he, I had so much suppression because he couldn't kill the unit. Yeah. Um, that's usually when something has eight suppression, that's usually why. Yeah, is because the thing has been shot a lot and just not that. Yeah. yeah, um, and it it definitely was a game winner. Not close. I was it, if I had panicked, if if I didn't have that card, that unit probably almost certainly panics. Um, Indomitable is real good. Indomitable yes. is it's yeah, and again, I I think that kind of goes back to like. If you're in the middle of a game where you need to make sure that your units aren't suppressed to get the objectives done, that card turns into a game winner. It's it's you know giving up a dodge token. It's actually not that important to have an order on Anakin other than the dodge token. 
um, in this list I found. Anakin is pretty timing neutral overall. His reliable means that getting him a dodge dog is not critical. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I wish that I had more arcs painted. I mean, in fairness, you, you did paint a lot. You can borrow mine if you want. It's probably the least I can do. <laughs> I guess I guess that is true. I could do that. Um, I will probably end up playing when I've already submitted, but we'll see. Oh, boo. Anyway. Lame. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, so, so now that we've talked about 501st for a while. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of 501st. Go for it. The, the, the Republic. I mean, I still have my world's list. That got five points cheaper, blah, blah, blah. Um, what I, as soon as Cody came out, I was like, time to make Cody, let's see what Cody can do. Um, and one of the things I hear a lot of is people go, his command cards are terrible. They are. Which I'm not, yeah, I'm. I wouldn't they say they're are, terrible. They're just not very good. They're meh. <laughs> but yeah. first off, a lot of people said before his command cards were revealed that he's good before his command cards even come out. Yep, that's fair. He is. If he didn't have any command cards, he's good. But, and and the thing I look at his command cards as, his one and three pip let you observe twice. And his one pip maybe gives you an extra impact every once in a while. And his two pip is a two pip that I think I've gotten the effect off once, but it's not something you go after. Um, if you're chasing the two pip, I think you're doing Cody wrong. Um, I honestly, for most of the games I've played, could just run push instead of his two pip, but I off I find myself playing standing orders with Cody a lot, so taking his two pip for the odd time that it's like a little bit of a threat, great, whatever. Are you, are you playing Boyle? Nope. Yeah, I think the two pip is way better with Boyle. Two pip is way better with Boyle. Um, I so the list that I've come to, we'll talk about a list. Um, co. Oh, are you gonna pull up the thing? I'm working on it. Okay, go, go, go. Ah, there we go. Nope. Get those air, my, get those I air my, speeders. I got my air speeders. Hot get those air speeders out of here. Getting ready right there. Right, so, here. yeah. So, yeah, this this list is by no means like final, final, but I have tinkered it with a little bit, played a little bit, and I do like it. We got Cody, we got aggressive tactics on Cody. Aggressive tactics, old school. I like it. Yeah, okay. Clone commander. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be a straight clone list. This is not this is going to be so because okay. remember what I was talking about. What you once you pick a unit, you're down a road. Yeah, absolutely. I see a Cody lot. Is, I see, Cody is one of those units. Well, he is a long range clone unit. I see a lot of people putting Obi Wan, which I mean, it's thematic. If you want to play that, no problem. But he, like he he harkens back to the old school clone list because he's a long range clone fire fire support platform right that's what he is he's i i honestly treat him a lot like busk or just like an artillery piece um anyway so that's that's his deal uh clone commander put lead by example on the clone commander lead by example because you get shot a lot and it builds up the suppression um then this one is the weird one this is honestly an homage to just what i like phase one with a dc 15 and clone captain no training doesn't fit (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I mean, have a special attachment to that setup too. Honestly. Also, 
I was going through my cards today. Kyle, I'm pretty sure I've still got your clone captain from Worlds. I have to give it back to you. <laughs> okay. Um, just FYI, if you need it. I still have your eye on the trooper. I don't. Do you, okay. All right. I think uh, I don't think you do. I think I have it. But anyway, so let's oh, really? Okay. Are, are you talking about the model? Yeah. Oh, yes. Probably the model. I definitely have the card. Anyways. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of tangents. Uh, phase one with fives and a medic. Um, can we just go back to the DC 15 real quick? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I actually, I want to talk about the captain. Um, so I feel like uh, I will, I like pretty much refuse to play phase ones without captains. How do you feel about yeah. that? That is, I, at this point with clones, refuse to play any unit that d- is not fit courage to or have a way to deal with suppression. They're just so expensive to not be able to do that. They're just so expensive. And also because you fight effectively at range three, you need a way to close range three. Yep. And that's often a move shoot. So you need to be able to do that when you need to do that. Put a medic on the fives unit. Okay. Uh, yeah, actually, that's like a really good point as far as like I was talking earlier about the like whole like range three disadvantage. That's really the reason that that is such a big deal. Yeah. Is that the suppression is huge. Yep. Um, yep. Uh, then a phase one with RPS six and a recon. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I think a the cheeky... R- I think the RPS is the one exception to the phase one without a captain. Yes. Oh yeah, because yeah, that's your fire support platform. No, no, Even no. if they don't have armor, the RPS is a great fire support option. Yep. Um, a, like a fair number of dice with also good range, with also good like color, like a rainbow. Adding a rainbow to any of your like long range pools is great. Mm-hmm. Um, phase two with Z six and a medic my favorite setup this is my <laughs> default if a phase two is going in my list this is this is the default now yeah and then another phase two with a mortar animatic i like the mortar a lot less but... the more, more. <laughs> uh and then an echo squad man there's a lot of medics in this list Three them, uh, yeah. clone clone medics are really good i don't know if everybody's yep. gotten the, the memo yeah. but and the, and then it's a bark speeder with the rps with and the then okay. there's two options for the comms upgrade. You either put long range comm link or LTA, um, link target array. And it really depends on if you want to play your bark as part of your gun line, which it often does, or just have a like token bark that can go do whatever it wants. That's interesting. I definitely, in all my Cody lists, this, this slot has been comms relay and it hasn't been particularly close. So I see that. So the reason I always have, I don't have comms relay is because a bark with aggressive tactics that always has a surge token, pretty hard to kill, especially in one shot. Um, my bark has Anakin's token, so I guess it's not broad. Yeah. I also have, like, I have a clone commander in fives. I don't need more orders on clones generally. That's fair. That's fair. Right. I mean, I'm investing into the orders elsewhere, right? If I didn't have fives slash clone commander, it would be a comm relay. I so right now I have the long range comm link on it, but it really could be LTA or long range, whatever. It's they're pretty interchangeable and it's really list style. Um oh yeah, so yeah, so for especially people who are listening who that took forever, it's Clody with AT, clone commander with lead by example, phase ones with DC fifteen and a captain, phase ones with fives and clone medic, phase ones with RPS six, recon intel, phase two is a Z six medic. Phase two is with mortar medic, arc trooper with echo, and or strike team with echo, and then a bark uh, speeder with RPS and long range or LTA. So, spice to taste. 
So yeah, and then the command cards build themselves because it's just ambush, bring it down, air support. Uh, have I let you ever let you down? Command or combined arms and attack of the clones. It's not complicated. It's all the cards that make sense. Yeah. Um, but this list, the firepower it can output is pretty immense. Um, and especially now with choke, just like you know, this choke was a huge threat to this list. That's <laughs> yeah, over here, like <laughs> screw all these clone players. <laughs> I think I think it was healthy for the game to have a thing that bypassed all this defense. <laughs> that's that's a topic for another another yeah um one of the things that has sort of added to this list but also other lists the recon intel on like the unit you want to use is your fire support real good yep i agree with um, that. right like that are that rps squad in this unit or this list like there's lehman games where it's never activated or it's activated like once on the last turn um so recon intelling it so that it can just get into position to re like fire support. And especially because it is a range four, like both Cody and Echo are great, like long range shots. Being able to slingshot that RPS forward so that you can throw either Cody's pool with another rainbow or Echo with another rainbow. It's great. Yeah, I also I don't do you um do you ever use that unit as a token battery? I definitely like if, use if, the RPS. Yeah, yeah, if if they activate, like when they activate, it's. I mean, I off like, depending on you know situation, of course. But like aim dodge, or sometimes it'll be an aim slash dodge, and then a shot that range four for suppression or whatever. Um. Yeah. Um. Changes list because you you know mentioned boil. Boil would be great for this list. It's just in my head, I don't want to put boil on a squad that has a heavy weapon. What I've been seeing more of. Yeah, I have seen more of people putting boil onto a um, rocket squad. Yep, which I think is defensible, especially like right, cause especially if you just want that rocket to only be fire supporting with just the rocket, right? You and then boil gives you your recon intel anyway. Um, yeah, I mean you could put recon intel as well. Have scout two, but you probably don't need scout two. Yeah. Um, so you can just put the recon intel on something else. Probably the mortar, to be honest with you. Um. And then you got same idea, but now you have Boyle, which makes um, Cody's two pip suddenly a tactic instead of just a like eh, whatever. It's a uh, more also, reasonable magic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I have found that the one time I the two pip was useful was so uh, the tactic I have not developed but found to be good with Cody is. Using three and one pips to last first with him. So you're sticking at a line sight. You move to range three, observe, shoot. Next turn, observe, shoot, move. And then using his three and one pips, one of the turns, you move, double observe, shoot. And then next turn, you plays one pip, double observe, shoot, move. And Co Cody, basically, in my head, should never fire without a fire sport. Every shot he takes should have a fire sport. Like anytime he shoots, it should be a unit gone. Interesting. Um, and then, so the, yeah. Anyway, it's that's that's how I've been playing him. Anyway, that's fair. Um, and his two pip is a bit of a like. Uh, depending, you know, if there if your opponent doesn't have a unit currently threatening Cody that could take him off the board, but they you know like they have snipers aimed at him or a couple like little tiny squads or whatever that are aimed at him, but you want to go do something else, 
you can play Cody's two pip so that they're really not wanting to shoot him. And you can sort of focus your activations elsewhere and then move him when you need to. Um, it's sort of that way to like, if you're, well, if you're going to do a wound to me, well, I'll probably do a wound back, right? Um, so, but I don't ever like hang Cody out on to play for the two pip. It's just a like, if I know Cody's going to survive anyway, well, I might as well just play the two pip because if you want to shoot him, great, I'll shoot you back. But I don't care if you shoot him at this point. So, yeah. But yeah, the and like Cody, like I also find like his direct leans you into having want to have one vehicle. I don't think he wants to have more than one vehicle. Yeah, and I, I think, think that's a trap. Yeah. And I also think that vehicle really could be any of the Gar vehicles. Like you can build a decent Cody list with any of the Gar vehicles. Um the, yeah. I mean, like the uh Fluttercraft with Link Target. Like if you are wanting to put the effort into making Fluttercraft, like learn how to play Fluttercraft properly, put an LTA on him on it make sure it always has an order and like that's a good gun if you can always have a name yeah no this definitely looks very similar to some buttercraft lists i've seen um even like pre-cody and this kind of feels like it just leans into that a little bit better for sure yep yep so yeah i just like the bark because it's like rarely gets one-shotted especially with at Um, it's a clone squad Exactly. It's I'm often or most of the time it is basically running it as another core unit that charges a hit. So like I have um Cody, the Bark, and then Echo to a certain degree are all sort of my like fire support starter possibilities. Cody always shoots at the fire support. The bark is sort of my secondary if I need two fire supports, which I rarely do, but if I need that. And then Echo is my like if I want to be doing long range fire supports, well I have um cody and echo to start them and then the mortar and the rps and the dc15 can all support a long range fire support so yeah chris <laughs> what, so what, the, wanna... <laughs> the, only, the only real weakness to this list is i guess if some kind of crazy aggro melee unit gets in there Uh-oh. yeah tough to get yeah to yeah you're, yeah, I mean, you're basically hoping to withdraw at a relative relevant time yep. uh, and shoot them or just hope that you have enough clones that the clones can punch them or wear them down. Yeah, I mean, the, the really the hope is like, I'm hoping to get, you know, one shot, like one big shot into whatever force user comes in, which is fairly reasonable, right? Mm-hmm. Do you, yep. right? Most force users are six or seven health. Do you like two or three or four on the way in and then clone uh units are pretty good at punching things to death because you can give them aims give them surges and then just start punching Mm yeah yeah Yeah, dodges keep them alive and then some medics and then but they're pretty good at just punching back because like especially like most of these squads are six guys um so if you were using them as bubble wrap well that's six black basically surging to hit with an aim if not two aims yep so definitely very reasonable yeah yep. so that's i mean yeah like the the punch of force user to death like i mean as long as they have you know been dealt a third to half damage on the way in like they're probably gonna de- like they're they have a ticking clock once they're in my lines right they're probably 
two turns, pretty reasonably, they'll be gone. So now that often that's enough for force users to win a game. Don't get me wrong, but they do like you know an aggro force. I think that's less true than it used to be. Yes, with with the choke, like you know, my big fear before the choke change was you know Darth Vader gets in, Darth Vader wins. Yeah. Now it's it's still it's a it's a playable position as Mike put it earlier. Yeah, it's definitely oh. it's more playable. At least. Although even under old choke, you got three medics in this list. Yes. So you know, you choke a heavy, you bring it back with a medic. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, three times, and like if you know, weathering, being able to weather three chokes just purely with medics is. I have found that that's not actually. Um, that's like a nice, optimistic viewpoint of how the medics will work out. Um, in that, fair. in that, generally the entry is generally their last activation. You've already gone with your medics because you're eight or nine. Um, so whatever their their first choke, you're not putting back on the table, um, which is often the most meaningful choke. Yeah, that's fair. Yep. Um, so. Yep. Agreed. Yeah, it's yeah. not a perfect counter. No, it's, no, no. You know, I just like I see any, people anymore, obviously. Pe- people but. tout the clone medic is like the answer to forest choke. And don't, don't get me wrong, it's definitely good at solving the problem, but it's not a catch up for sure. It, it helps limit the possibilities. Um, but I mean, like, I mean, old, old choke is dead, but like, especially like a Vader implacable. Yeah. It was really helpful to like, you know, Vader often will end up going early in the turn then. So it often was good to put a one back then but yeah but you don't have to worry about it anymore nope who cares it's fine it is fine (laughs) yeah i feel like are we just gonna dance around it the whole time or are we actually gonna get into this i don't want to simply because um (laughs) it is 10 50 eastern time oh okay (laughs) it's it's only 9 52 central it's fine i was gonna posit that we could brew our own list here on cast but i guess what you're saying is we don't have the time to do that remember when he said he had three kids earlier (laughs) so interestingly my kids are actually not here but I do need to get on a plane tomorrow morning. You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> I, I actually, be, with the screen sharing thing up, I actually can't see what time it is. So I'm kind of. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I hate to be like the old man, uh, you know, uh, we're going to go to bed, but. It, um... it, 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 it is funny being a, a younger member of this community. There, there are certainly games at conventions that I have had an edge at just because someone was tired in the morning. <laughs> I'm actually less tired in the morning than I used to be. Um, I've kind of just gotten used to like n- not ever sleeping mm. under normal circumstances. And then I go to a convention and I have a room to myself with no distractions and I actually get like eight to nine hours of sleep. And I'm like, convincing Kyle to come out and have fun is a no go. That's not true. He comes out and has fun. I will Hell, say 10 o'clock. I am. Yeah. I am... I do. I do empathize with that. I um, my first game of every tournament is my worst. Generally, same. Yeah, that's fair. Yep. Yep. You did, I definitely need some coffee. But yeah, I, I lost. Better, I lost my first game at LVO this year. <laughs> I mean, often though, that's depending on the tournament setup. That's like the game you can lose. Yeah. Um, uh, with with some of the more like uh, 
like double elimination esque formats we've been running. Yeah, yeah. LVO and Worlds were both like that, where you can not, lose on not, day one. Not not LVO next year though. Really? Well, it's the six game Swiss, right? Oh, interesting. I mean, you. I think you still have a shot at five and one of advancing, but like, mm. especially if you lose your first game, well, then your SOS is not Pretty as bad. good. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. No, LVO, the format of LVO has changed. As as far as I know, I I'm I, I won't be there this year. So I'm me, me neither. <laughs> I decided to sit this one out there. Yeah. Had had I, I, I'm not even deciding. It has been decided for me because I am running an engineering competition that weekend. Nice. <laughs> that Will you be fun? Brewing but, but, some engineering stuff. Well, I, I get I have to brew the entire well not the entire competition. Hopefully, I'll have competition leads, but we'll have three hundred people from all over Western Canada making wow. and sharing stuff. So that's to be clear, everyone in Western Canada, right? Uh well, most everybody. I mean, there are five million people in Western Canada. Okay, ish. Right. Because there's uh there'll be more than that. There's one mil one point two in Manitoba, like you no, know, there's probably like starts here. Probably like seven or eight million in Western Canada, question mark. Okay. Yeah. Which the it is hilarious. Like my province, Manitoba, there's like there's a city and then the rest of the province, and the province is the size of what's a good American analogous? Montana, maybe. But it's like 1.2 million in the whole province. So it's bigger than Montana, but uh, about 800,000 in the city proper, a million in the like the metro area. <laughs> Here we go. Screen share. The benefits of screen share. Yeah, right. there's Manitoba. That's there pretty big. That is much bigger than Montana. That's significantly bigger. <laughs> uh, it, it is. A, it is. It is a Mercator. <laughs> it, it is a Mercator projection. Remember. So That's true. It, so it's not yeah. quite as crazy as it looks. Okay. Sure. That's um, yeah, but it's but, definitely yeah. bigger bigger than Montana. Yeah, it's it's also the fact that uh, it's like ninety percent of Canadians live within uh, hundred kilometers of the American border, sixty miles. Makes sense. <laughs> I mean, you can see that with just like looking at the roads. You know? Yep. <laughs> there is one highway that goes across Canada, and it is called yeah. the Trans Canada Highway. There you go. Nice. Perfect. Nice. Yep. Um, so, yeah. All right. Geography lesson. So I, I got a bone to pick, actually. This is Western Canada. I'm sorry. So so that looks like, like the middle to me. Winnipeg is basically the middle. Okay. Okay. The th the thing is, is Toronto and Ottawa are the center of the universe in Canada. So there's quote. So how it works in Canada is Ontario is central and Quebec is kind of central. And then Eastern Canada is like Newfoundland, like the Maritimes. And then Western Canada is all four prairie provinces and the territories. It's, it's kind of like how in Illinois, everything south of Chicago is southern Illinois. <laughs> Even though Chicago <laughs> is like in the very northern part of the state. Um, yep. I, I grew up in Chicago and my wife grew up in central Illinois, uh, <laughs> which is the middle of the state. And I would always say that she was from southern Illinois, which would annoy the crap out of her because everything south Chicago and Illinois is southern Illinois. So yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, I live within like I don't know, like, it's like forty five minutes of like there's a plaque at like this is the central latitude marker of Canada. Mm -hmm. And it's like, but I'm Western Canada, even though I'm actually east of that line. <laughs> <laughs> yep, there you go. 
I yeah. thought Winnipeg was further north in my head. I don't know. Nope. Nope. All right. Good to know. This geography yeah. lesson it's, brought to you by the what, Victoria what, County. Yeah. What, what, Winnipeg is a 16-hour drive from Chicago. So it's, it's not that bad. Yeah, that sounds much closer than I thought it was. Honestly. Yeah, it's it's basically eight hours directly north of Minneapolis. Okay. okay. Good to know. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Right. And then when it, it takes 24 hours to get to Toronto or 24 hours to get to Vancouver. <laughs> so it takes 48 hours to drive across Canada, basically. Oh, no, no. That, uh, Vancouver to Toronto is uh, like not even two thirds. Oh, Toronto. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah I was thinking Montreal. Um, okay. So it takes <laughs> longer than 48 hours to get across it's, Canada. Yeah. It's like 80 hours or something to go all the way from one to the other. Okay. <laughs> All right. Canada's Geog- pretty big. Canada's very big. Yep. <laughs> Good old geography uh, lessons. All right. Well, you have fun with all those engineering students on LVO weekend. Um, I will. But- I, I I will. Or they'll be troublemakers and I'll have to deal with it. But whatever. <laughs> I have I have a hard time picturing you like disciplining troublemakers instead of just being like. <laughs> I like. Uh, hey, can I have one of those? You know, <laughs> I I'll, I'll I'll have to do my best. <laughs> I, I I I often influence people to make good decisions by joining in those better than their terrible decisions. I'm I'm picturing you like Will Ferrell from old school. <laughs> you know, um. All right. <laughs> um. Well, we didn't go as off the rails as I thought we would. Yeah, yeah. At the end there. We we just we just had a geography lesson on Canada. I think I think I think we were successfully off the rails. That's fair, but it took us almost two hours to get there. There you go. All right, hour and a half ish. All right. Well, we are the notorious scoundrels. I'm Kyle. I'm Mike. I'm Timbo, reporting from Central slash Western Canada. Stay fresh, cheese bags. I'm doing right. <laughs> Sweet. Um, I'm gonna try and leave gaps for drops for Jay. So, okay. Um, what is our main topic, Kyle? Mike, that was supposed to be space for a drop. Oh, damn. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jay. I'm sorry. See, second time back. I'm already ruining things. Here, insert drop here.